You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Welcome, everyone. Yes, it is Jay and Jay and new guest mm-hmm. Andy. Uh, every time I say Andy, Andy, I think of Toy Story. I do as well. Do you? I yes. just see it written on the boot. But uh, Andy is wearing kind of boots. He might have his name written on the sole of his boot, but I don't think so. No. No. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, well, you may or may not know Andy. He's been a pillar in this church for a very long time, and he just has some amazing stories. And there was a whole lot more to Andy than I realized until yeah. he started telling me about his life. Mm-hmm. So this podcast is about him not just talking to us about his life, but to the whole yeah. audience of the podcast. So Andy does have a last name. He does. Yeah. It's Tiffany. There, you heard it straight from Andy. Andy, Tiffany, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, and uh, we'll get this thing started. Well, um, probably the start with um, I am Andy Tiffany. <laughs> That's a good. He good can start. confirm that. Um, yes. I've attended New Creation Church since two thousand or two thousand and one. And um, I've actually completed the NCC School of the Bible. When Pastor Mark first switched over to the first new structure from the old structure, I became a ministry leader under Stephen Barbara Ivy, and I led the hospital ministry for, I think, 10 years. Wow. And then um, when Pastor Mark used to have executive leaders, I believe I was his executive leader over pastoral care for five years after Mrs. Ivy moved back to the UK. That's awesome. Yeah, you you held a vital and powerful role. I've had an opportunity to go with you into the hospital once uh-huh. and uh, I was able just to watch your poise and your confidence and your ability to share strength, but also just the love of God. And it really impressed me. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's so different to go on a hospital visitation where there are parents and they know they're about to lose a child. You know, one time I went to the ER because a church member had cut their finger off in the tailgate of a dump truck. Serious, but way, way different than I, that visit we made that day I to agree. Grand Junction. I'm going to let Pastor Jonathan jump in here, but before he does, I just want to say, Pastor Jonathan and I have ministry on our hearts, and there's aspects where you preach and you teach, and it's exciting, and you you have people just just kind of, I don't want to say drool, because it's not about you, it's about God, but it's like, wow, that's that's a good view of ministry. But when you're going into a situation where the person's laying there and they look green and there's very little chance that they're going to live and you're with the parents, that is not a glamorous side of ministry, but that's a side of ministry that you filled and you served it on for a very long time. So yeah, I felt comfort being with you because I was like, this is uncomfortable. This is hard. And I don't know exactly what to do in this moment. Yeah. I was going to say that takes a special kind of person. Um, Kind of the stuff we do is fairly glamorous in some ways, and it's kind of the ideal picture of when we talk about ministry. But 
my hat's off to you. I don't have a hat, but you just took your hat off. (laughs) If it's blinding, put it on and then take it off. If it's blinding, I can put it back on. Okay. Yeah, you powdered it nicely this morning. (laughs) Okay. There's a. He's making a joke about his bald head, but yeah, yeah. Self-inflicted humor. I do on the uh, podcast somewhat, but on video announcements all the time, and it works pretty well. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> hey i i wear my baldness proud good yeah yeah uh why not why not right if you got it rock it, right 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 i mean if I you don't... don't got it you rock it yeah <laughs> referring to hair yeah yeah um... <laughs> okay all right moving on from we the went from really somber deep ministry <laughs> moments of ministering to dying sick people to making fun of hair loss but you know go ahead talking about um kind of strange moments of ministry one time a member of the church reached out to pastor mark and she had lost a member of her family and they wanted a minister at her service and they were doing it at the were they in balmia the funeral oh, farnham holt yeah and anyways pastor mark and tasha they were out of town or they had something going on mm-hmm. Pastor Mark called me up and asked me if I would do it. And I said, of course. And he told me, he said, I'm going to be up front with you. I know nothing about the situation. And I've, I've always been really happy that he prefaced, I know nothing about the situation. <laughs> because I get over to meet the family and the grandma is a Christian and the rest of them are goth. Whoa! Wow! And, and you're a cowboy. Yeah, sounds yeah. Like, yeah. Sounds that's like a, yeah. Joke. a joke. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That. Did you hear the one about the cowboy, the God's family, and the Christian grandma? Yeah. But you know that that situation just really, really showed God's grace and Amen. God's love for everybody. I think the one thing that saved me was I actually knew the grandpa. For quite a few mm. years before he died. Oh, okay. And the really hardcore kid in the family, he really idolized his grandpa. Mm. You know, we we did the service and um, you know, it I mean nothing miraculous or special happened, but uh, you know, in, in that situation, I what do you talk about? I don't know. I was hoping you could enlighten us. How did you prepare for that? I mean I prayed and prayed, and in my heart of hearts, I knew what Jesus would do. He would share the Father's love with them. That's right? awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And actually, two of the grandchildren started coming to church every Sunday, bringing really? grandma. Wow. And I think one of them, the one grandson, I think he got saved at some kind of a young people's event here. I mean, I can't speak for you, but I found out a lot about you from times you showed up and I've been showing up at the same time and just hearing you talk that you've had some tough life circumstances Mm. to go through. And I believe that it's prepared you and God's used that even in the difficult moments Mm -hmm. to get certain places. I didn't know you had spent time in Iran. That really shocked me because I just saw a cowboy man (laughs) and I thought this guy's never been to Iran. Uh, and the way I found out was a tough situation. I was the first cowboy other than John Wayne that the Iranian <laughs> people had ever seen. Wow. Well, we want to get into that, but I want to say how I found out about that because it's kind of interesting and it shows your heart of just showing up. 
Uh, when Pastor Jonathan's father, the associate pastor, Pastor Brian, passed away, you were in a lot of the preparation and the funeral and all the things that need to go. And I remember being in the office and you were eating grapes. And this is how I found out that you've been in Iran. And you said, man, one thing about living in Iran is everything tastes like sand. Yep. <laughs> and yep. I thought, wait, wait, is this a joke? But then I asked you and you started telling me stories of being in yeah. Iran. So you were there in that moment. And mm. then I tapped into this resource and you told me two stories. I'm not sure you can share them, but one was about a I car accident you were in. Is that... Mm-hmm. Ring a bell? Yeah. 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 And then the other one was about a school bus. bus that you were in. You know, I'll share the the car accident, but the school bus just I mean, if the state of the world was a little different right now. I understand that. That would probably be a funny story. But um it's not the right environment to right, share it in right now. Right. Maybe at a different time, the way you shared it with me in front of the fireplace at the church would be a good spot to find Mr. Tiffany and ask. <laughs> right. Yeah, in a different right, circumstance. Right. But um, but maybe you can just share but, about Iran and things that none of us as yeah. Americans, for the most part, I'm just going to say this. Americans see certain countries in a very mysterious light. Some mm-hmm. like Cuba. We can't really get in. Iran with all the sanctions. North Korea. We were like, we don't yeah. really know what's going on there. And to hear it from you is very interesting. So maybe you yeah. can just touch on anything. Okay. So I was in my sophomore year, and it was 1977 when we moved to Iran. My dad was a, he was an engineer. He was hired by the government of Iran, which at that time was under the Pahlavi dynasty. They had a king. Mm-hmm. And the Shah of Iran, that's in Farsi, Shah means king. Okay. And uh, the Shah was really trying to westernize Iran at that time. And my dad was part of a team over there that they went to develop communication system. So we were there in 1977, 78, and 79. And the first year we were there, it was fun. Um, I hated living in Tehran. I went from, I think at that time, Canyon City's population was 5,000, and that was including all of the inmates. Whoa. Wow. They, they counted them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they counted yeah, them as they, residents. They were in the census, man. Get those numbers up. <laughs> so census, um, <laughs> I went from a farm to a city at that time that was twice the size of Los Angeles. Really? But not wow. nearly as organized as Los Angeles. What a change. <laughs> right, right. Um, I mean, over there, right away was determined by who flashed their headlights first. And, <laughs> That's how um, I do it now. <laughs> anyways, we were, uh, I had a really good buddy. I had two really good buddies, Dave Morkin and Devin Dartnell, and we were on the Lockheed softball team because Dave's dad worked for Lockheed, and they were like a bunch of really old guys that really, really drank a lot. <laughs> so, so you know, um, and, and all of the other teams did that too. You know, everybody had at least three young guys for a little bit of talent. And we were on our way to a softball game and we got hit by a drunk driver. And um, I, I know I had to have been knocked unconscious because... The first thing I remember is Dave Morkin 
frantically shaking me, asking me if I was dead. Wow. wow. Were you in a big vehicle? No. What kind of no. vehicle were you in? Um, do you guys remember a car called a Datsun Honeybee? I do. My dad used to sell Datsuns at my grandfather's dealership. Okay. In Iran, they, they actually had their own automobile company, and it was called Paycon. And most people, if you were fortunate enough in Iran to own a car, you owned a Paycon. That was the the poor the people's man's car. People's yeah. Mm. And, and that is one thing about Iran is, I mean, there really was no such thing as middle class. Mm. You were either the elite or you, mm. you know, um, middle class meant... Okay, I have a dirt floor, wow. but I have a water spigot outside of my building, and I don't have to go and haul water. Wow. Okay. And anyways, the guy that hit us was in a Peugeot, a big Peugeot. And they said he was going about 110 miles an hour when he hit us. Head on? Yeah. Wow. And we were in a Paycon. Wow. I was behind the driver. And the only thing that really saved me, because like Paycons don't have seat belts in them all the time. Huh. And, um, <laughs> but the driver was, uh, uh, he was obese. Wow. Very much uh. so. And, um, but yeah, it, it, it drove the engine clear into the, into the you cab. know, like in between like the two center seats. Dash. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Could you see it happening? Could you see the driver steer? You know, the funny thing is, guys, you first see it and you see it in real time. And I don't know if it's the last two seconds or 10 seconds, but at some point, it seems like it takes an eternity to find. I mean, I, I can totally remember it was like slow motion, just watching the front of the car come all wow. the way up to the windshield and everything that was. In the front of the car, came through the cab. I remember wow. the transmission was driven all the way into the, you know what they call the tail section mm -hmm. of a transmission where your drive shaft hooks up. Were you in the front or the back of the car? I was in the back. Right behind the obese driver. Yes. Yes. And um, it was summertime, so we all had our windows down. But my head, it didn't like go outside the window half of it went outside the window you know how that looks you know you've got the frame right there mm -hmm. i mean i bent it you could see your like head. an impression oh, so uh, you're hard-headed is that what we're saying i am <laughs> i must be saying. i must okay. be and um <laughs> so the next thing i know dave morkin's yelling get out get out it's on fire get out Whoa. and i'm trying to get out my legs won't move Oh no! And so now I'm I'm keyed up now. I, Scared? They've got yeah. my attention. Angry? And, and and I'm hollering. And him and Devin came over and they pulled me out and they set me down and I lost consciousness again. I don't even remember where the hospital was. All I know is nobody in there spoke English. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, I'm going to I'm going to tell you a story really quick and. I don't know what to swear by, but I swear it's the truth. We believe you. Like, we know your character. I can't get a Bible if you'd like. So the, <laughs> We got plenty. This is a church. The first year we're there, there is a picture in the 
daily paper, and there was an Iranian, and he had finished school to be, uh, I think maybe a trauma doctor or something, but a guy had severed his hand in an accident, and they had a picture of him. He sewed his hand back on. The only problem was he sewed his hand on backwards. Oh, no. So there, that could be problematic. There's, there's a picture yeah. of this, but the thumbs... The thumbs oh, no. out wow. here. Okay? Oh goodness! And it's it's not where the palms should be. Yeah, there's palms hairy knuckles. Are... Okay, <laughs> okay, that is a true story. That didn't inspire a lot of confidence, and you did it. No, no. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no. Uh, Man. an Iranian doctor, he came in and he told me they were going to sedate me. You weren't going okay. for that, were you, Andy? And, no, Actually, no. Would you have a translator, or were you just trying to piece together what they were talking about? I spoke Farsi pretty fluently. Whoa. Hey, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. In Iran, they don't make them mm. learn English for your convenience. Right. right. Makes sense. Wow. Um, Salim. How many cowboys speak Farsi? <laughs> Not many. One. That I, I know, know three. Oh, oh, I know three. Two. The association. Three. Um, okay. My guess, two. So you... Uh, so you don't get sedated. Do they start working on you? Wait, what was wrong with you? My head. Oh, right. <laughs> was. <laughs> your head. The dent, dent in the, the frame. Okay. It was okay. swollen like a pumpkin, man. <laughs> Flowing like a. Oh, Swole, swollen. Swollen like a pumpkin. Okay. And. So you might have had some internal bleeding. This eye Whew, is completely bleeding. swollen shut. And there's a, a little trickle of blood coming out of this ear. Yikes. But I'm not going to be sedated. Okay, because I'm remembering <laughs> the hand the, picture, <laughs> and the knuckle palms. So pretty soon, man. I'm. I mean, I come up off the table and I'm swinging and I'm yelling and saying, you know, those words you you asked me not to say <laughs> on your. Yeah, he asked, are there any Thank rules you. for this podcast? I said just no expletives, please. So right. he's not going to share any of those. So, and anyways, in Iran, if you're an American, everybody who's over there and works for a company. They have this card, mm -hmm. and I have no idea what the card said. They just told us, if you are in an accident... Show them the card. Show them the card. Sounds like a white privilege card. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a white card with black writing on it, so... And um, that day, it did feel like a white privilege card, because as I'm going down the hallway, I hear my dad's voice. And he he was using a lot of very loud explicitives because it, it's like yeah. he knows something's happening with his boy. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it was funny because it, it was like when I heard his voice, I knew, okay, I'm going to get out of this and I'm going to get out of this alive. Wow. And I got down there and he's like, what's going on? And I said, dad, they want to put me to sleep. <laughs> and I said, I, I think we need to leave. Wow. And my mom... She's a registered nurse, but almost all of her career was spent in a trauma center oh, in Colorado awesome. Springs. Yeah, yeah. very fitting. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know. She doctored, yep. Yeah. Can I ask you this question? Yeah. What What happened to the drunk driver that hit you guys? Um, they probably executed him, John. Really? Yeah. He probably didn't make it back to the police station. On-site execution? Who who is doing that? The government or people? The Iranian police or the people? Wow, because um, that's I, I a, mean, a, a, a sin. 
in in I mean, Iran, I, that's the offense. At that time, that was the offense for drunk so driving. So even in the seventies, they were still. I mean, I heard like when you when you steal, you know, sometimes you could get your hand cut off. Yeah, some Sharia so that, stuff. So yeah, some Sharia stuff. So that was very much a thing in the seventies. Yes. Wow. Yes. Even in the middle middle of trying to westernize Iran. Iran. Well, sorry. You have to understand, you know, the Shah, he's wanting westernization. And we got in there, when we got in there, like I said, the first year was pretty normal, pretty normal, kind of fun. The second year is when the Ayatollah Khomeini started speaking from France Hmm. to people in Iran. Stirring things up. Yes, you know, one thing that American people really can't understand is that in a poor, poor, poor country, if you can offer somebody three hots and a cot and clothing, you mm-hmm. can start a revolution. Wow. You know, it's, it's yeah. sad, but it's they're true. Because they're desperate. Yeah. 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 And um, like that first year we were there, nobody messed with Christians. Mm. Okay. And at that time in my life, I really couldn't tell the difference between a Christian and a Muslim. It was similar. If you're bad, God's going to get you. You I I mean, I I, I did not know about saving grace and the love of God and all of that. So to me, it was kind of like, you know, all is just their word for God and Mm -hmm. Yada, yada, yada. But in 78 is when he really started talking and stirring people up. And if you were an American, you better get smart because there were some places you shouldn't be. Really? Yeah. The religion of Islam, Mm -hmm. they hate us. Well, we had a guest, Mohammed Faridi, (laughs) on the podcast. Yes. And he he didn't mince any words. No. No, no. I, I understand that. And it's funny you brought his name up. Because I'm, I'm going to give it up and be honest. Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I came that night, and the only reason I came was, and I mean, I didn't know the man from Adam. Mm-hmm. And being the smart guy I am, and it's on zero now. So, you know. Oh, oh our time. Yeah, that's okay. So, keep going. Keep going. Okay. No, that's good. Um, I figured that I was going to come and I was going to listen to him. And he would probably say bad things about Americans. I mean, this is what I know about. You still had that in your heart about your Iranian experience. Yes. And I'm going to say about halfway through the service, God used that man to completely break me. Wow. Of that. Wow. And he actually made me go out and ask him to please forgive me. Wow. (laughs) And, um... You know, and and to be honest with you, I mean, one of the first things I did when I hit American soil is we were flying back and there were some uh, roughnecks out of Oklahoma. Oil workers. Yeah. We landed in O'Hare Airport in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And there's about 10 or 15 Iranians protesting in America now. Okay. We're not in Iran. And anyways, one of those roughnecks asked the port cop, he says, if we get in a fight with them, what's the tariff on that? And he said, oh, a $100 fine and a night in jail. (laughs) And and I'm like, 
Well, even I can afford that. So did you guys swing? So bad. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And actually, they didn't even arrest us. Huh. They kind of, the port policemen, they kind of felt but, like we did. And you'd mentioned, I mean, I, I was but, there for that story that we're not going to share because it's not the right time or the right session and what's going on in the world. But you had to leave Iran in a very yeah. difficult circumstance. Yes. And that made it really hard on you. And those things... Stuck with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I used to think that, you know, I hated all of them. Mm. Appreciate your And, uh, you know, one time God spoke to me and he just said, how did you get out of Iran? And the truth is, there are some very, very, very good Iranians. Mm -hmm. Because our friend Reza, he smuggled us out to the airport. In like mm -hmm. a trunk, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, you know... If Reza had gotten caught, Executed. they would have killed him. Mm. At that time in Iran, they would have killed him on the spot. And the thing you need to understand is they still like to rock people to death over still. there. Wow. Or, you know, tire irons or boards. Oh. or But Brutal. beating to death is their professionals at that. And I have no idea what they would have done to... Raza wow. laid his life on the line wow. for your family. Raza did, yes. Wow. Yes. And we had another friend named Nuri. And Nuri is the one who dad stayed like, I want to say, eight weeks after we left. That's a long time. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And dad almost didn't make it out of Iran. I, I mean, my dad is probably one of the toughest guys I've ever hmm. known in my life. And to get him out to the airport that night, you know, the garbs that women wear, mm -hmm. they're called a chador. Nuri brought his wife's chador and wrapped dad up in it oh. and set him in the back seat, <laughs> drove him to the airport and that. And that's actually how dad got all the way. He already had his tickets, so he didn't have to go to the ticket counter. And when he got right to the part where you have to show him your ticket, that's when he took the chador off. This is like movie stuff. Honestly. Yeah, it is. And But see, the thing of it is, the United States president at that time was Jimmy Carter. And he just, I mean, I'm not trying to say anything <laughs> bad. Or, it, it, th this is just the facts. Okay. He left, he left the American people there. You know, after they took over the American embassy, everybody who was in the embassy that day was taken hostage. Okay. Mm -hmm. They had, they held them for almost a year and they did not release them mm. until Ronald Reagan. I mean, and, and they did it before Reagan got elected because one of Reagan's campaign things was if Jimmy Carter can't get the hostages out of Iran, I can. Wow. And, um, I mean, what's going on right now today, it, it just brings back. Does it feel like not much has changed? You know, honestly, we, we really, I could go on a rant with you guys. Okay. But, I mean, I know I'm old enough to be both your dads. <laughs> so, That's true. I, I'm going to try and be responsible here. Well, thank you. <laughs> you know, and really what the church needs to do is we need to pray yes. that President Biden himself 
you know, I'm not bad mouthing. We him. need to be praying for him. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's yes, what you're getting at. That he, get, get that the strength, right maybe? people get around him. Yeah. To support him and build him up. he will listen yeah. to their wisdom yeah. and act on it. Yeah. Because I'll just tell you right now, a green deal <laughs> is the <laughs> least important thing going, going on, on yeah. in this country right now. Right. Um, That sounds like an ep- a topic for a, a whole nother episode. Yeah. Which we unfortunately don't have time for. Um, but we do appreciate your insight and your vulnerability yeah. and honesty. And I wanted to just say this, going back to um, God kind of changing your heart. It's so funny that he used Muhammad, um, not the prophet, uh, right. <laughs> Muhammad no. Faridi, right. um, someone who, you know, before that you still were at odds against. And he kind of opened your eyes to see that he's not your enemy. And your heart shifted and changed. And now your tune is, we need to pray. Yeah. Um, I just think that's so cool how God used an Iranian to open your heart. And the funny thing is, is I've actually been, and I, I spoke with Scott Beerman, Beerman about this. Because that night before I talked to Ahmed, I talked to yeah. his wife. When I went up to talk to her... Um, I introduced myself in Farsi. Oh, wow. And she was like, you speak Farsi? And I said, poquito. Or, no. <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> that is not. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, man. I still believe okay. you. I, I, believe I got to switch. Jeff, why don't you just introduce yourself in Farsi here? That'd be cool. Yeah. Es me man. Es aga. Es Andy Tiffany. Wow. That's so wild. My name is Andy Tiffany. Wow. And if I were to have greeted you guys this morning in Farsi, I would have said, Salam, Halishumash Turi. That's well, there it is. There's some and Farsi. <laughs> your reply would have been, Halehu. Halehu. Yeah, very yeah. good. Mr. Tiffany, I could talk to you for a long time and I really appreciate your storytelling abilities, but we're running out of time. Maybe we'll have you back as a guest at some point again. Would you come back if we asked again? Sure. Right, sure. I, I really appreciate yeah. you guys inviting me. But we end this way. We have a way we always end. And that's the wisdom of the day. And that's one thing to take away from the podcast that we can remember. And we each provide something, including the guests. So if you could yeah. summarize one thought to leave with their audio listeners, uh, that would be fantastic. But uh, we can yeah. let you go last if you want to think about it for a second. Or if you're ready yeah. to give your one thought. The wisdom of the day. We're ready to hear it. The wisdom of the day. We need to pray daily mm-hmm. for our pastors. Oh, okay. Praise yeah. God. I, I mean, yeah. If if I'm going to help Iran or Ukraine, yeah, it's going to be through this church. Yeah. So I, I'm depending. I'm counting mm, on Pastor Mark and Tasha to have the wisdom yeah. to direct. Yes. Whatever I'm going to do. Um, and when I say pray for the pastors, I really include the church, right? You know, not no, not NCC, but you pray the for church. the leaders, but the yeah. leaders include and envelop everyone yeah. who attends right. the church, and pray for this nation. Amen. Amen. Pray, pray for this nation. Pray because I have been in a country and I watched a revolution start, and I watched it unfold. 
You know, the terrible thing about war of any kind is a lot of innocent people die. And it's going to be your wife and your little girls, your wife, Mm -hmm. my wife, my grown-up kids, you know, and all that happens. Yeah, it's ugly. More reason to pray. Yeah, more reason to pray. Well, thank you for the wisdom of the day, Pastor Jonathan. Um, I would say something that you originally had said at the beginning when you were talking about ministering to a family that you knew nothing about their situation at the funeral home. And I think when you don't know what to do, always refer back to the love of the Father. That was good. That was <laughs> and, good. And, and I, I just think also always being open to let God change your perspective um, because he massively shifted your viewpoint to the point where now you are praying for Iranian people. Mm-hmm. So never letting your heart get so callous that God can't even work. Because he will, and he uses the most unlikely mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Awesome. My wisdom of the day is everyone has a story, including the cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, man, we had mentioned that we've shared stories that you weren't able to share in this, but you have even more you could share. You could probably share for a long time. And I found a lot of wisdom. I found a lot of strength, and I grew a greater appreciation for you and what you've gone through. And I was hoping maybe we would have had time to even get in on how you overcame alcoholism and recovery because you have great testimonies on that for the addict which i've dealt with addiction tendencies my family has there's so much in people if you'll ask them and hear their story and i'm really glad you shared your story today well i'll tell you one thing that i saw in iran one day is they had a demonstration i'm just just i'll make this fast (laughs) one Um, more story from the storyteller they were having a demonstration and you know really all the iranian people wanted was the right to vote Okay. And so they're on Paul Aviv Boulevard. In Tehran. In Tehran. And there are thousands of people marching. Yes. Okay. Do you know what armored personnel carriers are? Sounds like a vehicle. Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah. And most of them have tank tracks. Right. And they're surrounded in armor. Makes sense. They have a 50 caliber machine gun in the front and then two thirty caliber machine guns on each side. Wow. That's the real And deal. that is how they broke their demonstrations up and afterwards they brought a front end loader and picked the bodies up that had been shot yep killed put them in the front end loader threw them in the back of the truck and washed the street down with water and at that point the only thing i really loved about iran at that time was there was no legal drinking age and the beer was 12%. And I'll tell you what, after I saw that, that day, I can tell you this. By the time I got home from Iran, I was an alcoholic. The pain, the difficulty, the things you'd seen. Yeah. So, yeah. But For the next conversation. Next but Jesus oh, that's a story that, that yeah. we need to pray afterwards. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus delivered him from the pain and... He's still working in you. Amen. Yes. All right. Yes. Well, he worked through you by finishing off this podcast with a prayer. Will you pray us out of this podcast, sir? Father God, we just thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for the honor of being asked to be on J&J's podcast. Lord, I lift up Pastor Mark and Tasha. Yes. And I just... As always, I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I ask that you give them godly wisdom and um, protection. Father, I I pray for this valley 
And Lord, I, I just pray that, um, you know, somebody who listened today, they heard something that will change their life. Yes. And we just ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Well, once again, thank you for being on the podcast and thank you, Adi Liz. Adi Lissy, <laughs> audio listener for being faithful to tune in every single week. And again, this is the month that the segment, I don't, we're kind of interlapping, overlapping months, but we're having a lot of guests on. So mm-hmm. we're going to have another guest on next week. It's going to be good. So tune in next week and uh, we'll see you then. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. You want to say one last thing? Nope. <laughs> okay, nope. Good. Nope. God. Well, you'll hear us next time yeah. on the J&J podcast.